Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 30 with Murdy with your host, Sweeney Murdy. Welcome back, everybody. This week, we begin our countdown to Hall of Fame inductions later this month. In the next couple weeks, you will hear from Mike Messina and Mariano Rivera as they prepare to live with the Immortals in Cooperstown. But first, a conversation with a man who played many years with both of them and will have his own day in the sun next summer at the Hall of Fame, and that, of course, is Derek Jeter. Teammates of Mariano as far back as 1993, Jeter and Mariano traveled quite a journey together. Derek talked to me about the early years with Mariano before they began winning championships together. And after spending the first five years of his career facing Mike Messina, Jeter spent the next eight years playing behind him. Some thoughts about Messina and his Hall of Fame induction as well. Plus, Jeter talks about some of the other members of this year's class, Roy Halladay and Edgar Martinez. And yes, I also asked him about his chances of joining them all in Cooperstown a year from now. Recorded in March at his office in Miami, here is my conversation with Derek Jeter. First time I think you met Mariano was probably what the Greensboro Hornets in 1993 is that the first time you guys got together you were 19 he was 23 what was young Mariano Rivera like back then? You know from a personality standpoint he was the exact same I mean Mo is what he is he he um, you know he was very professional um, <clears throat> he took a lot of pride in all the work that he did uh, had a lot of confidence uh, the only difference was he was a starter um, but other than that I think if you took Mariano from 1993 and you put him next to Mariano today it'd be basically the same person you guys obviously came from much different backgrounds how did you guys connect in the beginning when you guys are young players like that uh, I think one it was just uh, you know you get to know teammates obviously you spend more time with your teammates than you do your own families and um, starting from 1994 it, we, we sort of came up the ladder together you know Mo would get promoted two weeks later I would get promoted did that from A to double A to triple A and then ultimately to New York so we were sort of um, I guess tied at the hip so to speak. As you guys are coming up and you're sharing those minor league experiences together did you guys dream of being successful did you envision it did you just think it was going to happen or were you just or was everybody just trying to survive? Well I think well <laughs> a little bit of <laughs> yeah. everything, everything you just about? said. Yeah, we are trying to survive. But yeah. I think, um, you know, we had confidence. You know, we talked about when we get to the major leagues. It wasn't an if. It was when. We knew that ultimately, you know, you have to go through different levels and you have to perform and you have to have success. But I don't think there was ever any self-doubt when it came to, you know, playing the game. Um, but we also knew that it's going to take a lot of work. You saw him more as a starting pitcher than most other people did, obviously, after he you know, got to the big leagues. It's almost all relief. What was he like as a starting pitcher? What was it like watching him? It's pretty much the same. I yeah. mean, he, I think he started to throw a little bit harder when he got into the bullpen. Mm -hmm. But when he was a starter, I mean, it was basically, you know, he threw the ball wherever he wanted to throw it. He was coming off of surgery. So, you know, there are certain outings where he had 
pitch counts and I would sit there and count his pitches and tell him he's wasting too many pitches when I'd go to the mound. But, um, you know, his, his control was always there. Um, you know, and that's the thing. You, you can be a great pitcher, but if you don't have that type of control, you may not have the success. I mean, I can't say the success of Mariano because right. not so many people have. But, uh, you know, he always, you know, threw the ball pretty much where he wanted to. With the mental aspect that he had, it's, I guess maybe you could say he would have been a success if he had stayed a starter, maybe not Hall of Fame level, but from what you saw, what you know about has strong, how strong a, a personality is, you think he would have had a successful career as a starter? Yeah, no question. I mean, there's, you know, who's to say how successful it would have been? I mean, you're talking about a guy that was arguably the best closer of all time, and, um, you know, would he have been the greatest starting pitcher of all time I mean who am I to say no right I mean he's he's uh, extremely confident in himself he's had a lot of success I wouldn't doubt anything um, if he were to be a starter but uh, I think his career path went exactly where it should have gone it started at the big league level in 95 you guys were only uh, about a week apart before your between your debuts but what happened a couple of weeks later seemed to shape what you guys went through when you guys both got sent down on the same day. Uh, what do you remember about that day, about hearing the news, about making the trip back to Columbus together? What do you remember about it? It was all his fault. <laughs> he gave it up a little bit, and, uh, you know, they punished us both and shipped us out on the same day. Uh, I just remember, I mean, this is a true story. I mean, we were in tears. I don't even know if we were in an Applebee's or a TGI Friday's or a Bennigan's. I'm not sure, but... Um, you know, just having a conversation, we were both extremely disappointed. But right there when we were talking, is that we're going to be back. And the next time we come back, we're going to be here to stay. You say you're literally in tears. Are you able to flip the switch that fast and say, okay, just a bump in the road, we're both coming back? No. No? I mean, no, at first I think there's, you know, obviously we, we, I don't think either one of us had ever been demoted at, at oh, the yeah. time. So you get mm-hmm. sent down, there's a, there's a feeling of, um, you know, obviously you're disappointed, but you, you feel as though you failed. Um, so yeah, you when you first get down to AAA, I think we leaned on each other a little bit, and um, you know I think it it was probably easier because we both went down together right. as opposed to just one of us. When you came back in '96, you guys were both there to stay, but there was an interesting twist in the spring spring uh, spring of that year when there was talk of a trade that would have sent Mariano Rivera to Seattle for another shortstop. And I always think about how Yankee Universe would have been flipped on its edge if that had gone through. Do you remember hearing about it while that was going on or only after the fact? Only after the fact. Uh, you know, we were pretty much sheltered from it. You know, it's, it's one thing playing in New York. Anytime there's a trade rumor, you hear someone's names. Mm-hmm. But at that particular time, I didn't hear much about it. So, um, you know, you hear the stories later on and you thank Gene Michael for not pulling the trigger on it and giving us an opportunity, but um, uh, no, at the time we did, we weren't aware of it. So, how did the early part of that '96 season play out for you? And I mean, you're you're a young kid, and he's a young kid, and you guys are both getting a little taste of success, and the team is is doing well too, opening some eyes. What was that first kind of eye-opening experience like for you guys? It was fun. I mean, you, anytime you're going through something 
pretty much for the first time because we were there for a few weeks. Yeah. You know, Mo obviously, you know, he pitched in the postseason in '95. Right. I wasn't on the roster, but for us to get that opportunity to be there for an entire season together, it was fun. And then the success that the team was having, um, you know, for that playoff push and ultimately ended up winning a championship. But um, you know, sometimes when you go through the good times, the bad times together with a teammate. Um, you know, when you finally win a championship at the end of the year, you tend to look back at all of the struggles that you had, so to speak, growing up together. And, um, you know, I'm just happy that we had an opportunity to do it together. Did You said that he was pretty much the same pitcher, <clears throat> but did he look different to you as far as confidence or anything else when he moved into the bullpen and starts having the success he was having? Yeah, yeah, a lot more hair. <laughs> I guess yeah. you say the same yeah. thing about me as yeah. well. Um, me too. I had more <laughs> Uh, but, you know, I think the thing is when when he was put into the bullpen, uh, there were never any complaints. I mean, we never had a conversation where he was wondering why he was put into the bullpen. Mm-hmm. You know, he was just he was there. He was there to do a job and he was there to do the job to the best of his ability. So there were never any whispers of disappointment that he wasn't a starter. And then plus he had so much success when he was put into the bullpen. Um, I think he could see what what the path was moving forward. You win right away in 96. You guys are both a big part of it. The lows weren't that long ago. You know, you're, you're in the low minors only a few years ago, and some of the stuff we talked about. Did it feel like it happened fast, or did it feel like a, a long journey to you during just that little stretch? Uh, I think it felt like it happened quickly, mm-hmm. you know, we moved through the minor league systems fairly fast um, together and then being there in 96 and winning a championship in your first year um, it seemed like it happened quickly but now you look back on it it was so long ago so I apologize if you ask me any questions I have no idea (laughs) because I don't remember but um, yeah it, it, it happened quickly for us but we knew it just you know we didn't wake up in New York I mean there were struggles around along the way happens when you get older I, I do it too now you've probably gotten used to that right just forget things when you get older huh? <laughs> when when you think about how he was used Joe Torrey talks all the time about two innings at a time two innings at a time he, he was such a key to winning that year could what was it like watching that year build with him when you know you started out one way early in the year but then as the season goes on everybody knows he's coming in, in the seventh inning and they know the result. What was that feeling like as you kind of went along? Yeah, I mean, it was if we had the lead after the sixth inning, in our minds the, games, the game was over because uh, you knew Mo was going to throw two innings and then you bring in Wetland and, and uh, it was it. It was a victory for us. So, um, yeah, I mean, you look at how the game is nowadays and there's so many relievers and they come in and pitch to one hitter. And, and uh, you know, back then, just like – years and years ago when you talk about goose pitching three innings to get a save you know the game changes over time and obviously it's changed now but you know mo was a weapon that no other team had i mean he basically would shut you down for two innings goose has mentioned that once or twice i think um in 1997 when mariano became a closer it wasn't an easy transition he had a lot of blown saves early in the season and then the the playoff thing i mean he had a, a very good year but the home run to alomar uh, what did you see from him? What do you remember about him reacting in that moment and how he responded to it? Uh, you know, it's it's a good question because, you know, the one thing about Mo is, you know, you can never tell how he had performed 
previous day um, because when he came in the game, he had confidence in his ability, and he just knew he was going to get the job done. When you talk about um, giving up a home run in the postseason, um, you know, Mo is in a, was in an interesting situation where the only time he really would speak to the media was after he failed. Absolutely. And you, you never want to say people took him for granted because no one took him for granted, especially teammates. But um, it was very few times he actually had to answer questions. So the times that he did have some sort of failure, they, they people remember that. Yeah. Right. But he's had so much success throughout his career and the way he's been able to bounce back from any so-called, I don't even know if you want to call it a failure because yeah. it's just how the game goes. But any situation where he's uh, given up a run or a home run, which doesn't happen very, didn't happen very often, you know, people remember that. But he was he was good at forgetting it. Do you remember talking to him at all after that? Do you remember the aftermath of that particular game or that series? I don't remember. And, um, you know, that says a lot about him because sometimes you have teammates that that uh, fail in big situations and you worry about them a little bit. How are yeah. they going to respond the next time out? Mo was never a person that I had to worry about or, you know, have to go and talk to and make sure they're okay. Uh, you knew that wasn't a concern. I think part of that goes along to what happened after that, 98, 99, 2000. What I always seemed to take after being around all you guys for a while was that you, Mariano, and everybody else in that group seemed to have one thing in common. You didn't like to win so much as you hated to lose. Maybe that drove you more. Is that fair to say? No, I like to win too, <laughs> man. I mean, I, I don't know how you can measure it, yeah. but uh, yeah, I, I don't like to lose in anything. Mm -hmm. um, but you love to win. Yeah. I don't know if I can say which one I love. You know, if I if I hated to lose more than I liked to win, but um, yeah, I mean, our job was it was to go out there, and we had one thing in our mind, and that was to win. And we never patted ourselves on the back. We didn't talk about how great any of us were as individuals. It was just how can we get better as a team. So we all had the same mindset. Mariano's game over feeling in those three years and later on really seem to take hold as you guys are winning championships. Could you see it in the other team? I mean, you guys knew who he was, and you'd been with him a long time, and you knew the confidence you had with him on the mound. What was the feeling you got when you saw what the other team's dugout looked like when Mariano walked in? Yeah, I mean, it was, um, you know, you could see, not saying that people gave up, because no one gives up when mm -hmm. you get to this particular level, but, um, you know, you, it, was, it was just the whole seen the whole feeling I mean he comes in Yankee Stadium music blasting and and uh, you knew pretty much what was going to happen so um, yeah you know you could sense when you were playing against other teams they were trying to get runs early on just so they wouldn't have to face Mariano because if, if we were ahead after the eighth inning um, game was over it's funny you talked earlier about what you know you remember his losses because that's when everybody talked to him I did a segment for um, a show a couple of years ago, and they asked me what do I remember about his 200 saves, his 300 saves, his 400 saves. I didn't remember anything. Like those, the one where he did his job, it was just him doing his job, and it seemed like it was the same thing over and over again. The losses are the ones that always stuck out. Um, was his? Could you see his mindset grow as far as putting those failures behind him as each success came? I mean, he was good at it already. But as he became more and more successful, 
did the losses maybe bother him a little bit less because he knew he could turn the page quickly? I don't think it ever bothered mm. him, quite frankly. Um, just from knowing him since I was 18, 19 years old, it just never seemed to affect him. At least he didn't show it. You could tell that he took a lot of pride in doing his job. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he was annoyed when he didn't do his job, but um, it didn't affect him. He just came out and worked that much harder to get ready for the next time he pitched. Um, but, that, no, it never seemed to, to bother him or affect his performance. His last game is one that I kind of like the moment the way it played out with you and Andy coming out to get him. And what I loved about it was watching from afar, it seemed like you three who had shared two decades together were having a very intimate moment on the mound together, and the rest of us just got to watch, which, you know, it's, it felt like it was something that should happen just in some corner between the three of you. We all got to watch it. What do you remember about the emotion of really all three of you in that moment? Well, first, when, when Joe told us we were going to take him out of the game, we were just making sure that we didn't signal right-hander or left-hander and screw something up yeah. in the bullpen. So that's what me and Andy were laughing about when we were walking out there. Mm. So, you know, we were having fun with it, with him coming out of the game. And then, um, obviously, once we were there, it, it became pretty emotional. And we didn't know how he was going to respond. Sure. I mean, most, you know, he's, he shows emotion very rarely. Um, but we didn't know it was gonna gonna happen at that particular moment. But we've we've been together for a long, long time. We shared a lot of things together, Jorge and Bernie included in that. Yeah. And um, you know, only thing that would have made it better is if um, you know those guys could have been there as well. But um, it was it was an emotional time. You just tell them that you you love them, you appreciate everything he's done. But uh, we're we're all pretty much like brothers. He uh, he it was maybe the only time he surprised everybody. Like, I mean, I think we all know what kind of a spiritual guy he is, what kind of, you know, how he believes in teammates and family and all that. But I don't think anybody expected to see, see him just let everything loose like that. Did it surprise you in that moment? I, he's, well, you know, I probably misspoke a little while ago. He's lost it before. I mean, yeah. he was on the mound when we beat Boston oh, mm -hmm. and he fell down and yeah. started losing it. So he has an <laughs> emotional side. I guess he just hides it better than a lot of people. Another one of your former teammates is going into Cooperstown. You had the privilege of facing Mike Messina several times. Uh, what do you remember about facing him when he was an Oriole before he became your teammate? Moose, I mean, he Moose had so many different pitches. He's probably one of the smartest pitchers um, that I've faced and, and played with because Moose was the type where he could go out on a particular day and there'd be one or two pitches not working for him and he could still go out and pitch a gym because mm -hmm. he could beat you with so many different he could beat you so many different ways so he was a guy that was it was it was fun because he was like a surgeon on the mound and um, you know he'd, he'd have a plan he'd stick to it but he was able to alter that plan while he was out there if, if something wasn't working what was he like as a teammate when he first got over? I mean, you guys had, had, were riding a lot of success, and he was obviously a very good pitcher. It seemed like it took him a little while to f just fit into everything. How did it seem to you? Well, I mean, I think it, it, it goes that way for most people. You know, mm -hmm. new surroundings. I, I can't relate because, well, I guess again now, but yeah. <laughs> well, as a player I couldn't relate because, um, you know, I never played anywhere else. But, you, you know, you go into a new organization in New York, expectations and pressure and and everyone knows the success that he had had when he was in Baltimore and and people expected that when he was in New York and he didn't let anyone down. How would you describe him as a teammate? 
He was um, Moose was a great teammate because you know Moose went out, did his job, um, did his job very well, mm-hmm. and um, he brought a lot of success to the organization. So um, Moose was another guy where you, you didn't have to sit and wonder if he was going to be prepared to do his job. You know, there were days, obviously, when he didn't pitch as well as he'd like, but you knew he was prepared. And, he, you know, he didn't just show up and go out there and see what happened. He, he was prepared in every single outing. He knew what he wanted to do to every single pitch, every single hitter. And, um, you know, he executed in the AL East, which, is, you know, was arguably the best division in baseball for many, many years. Did you learn anything about him? After a while as a teammate that you didn't know from, from the way you watched him or faced him? He's got a little dry sense of humor, oh, yeah. I think. And, uh, you know, just from watching him, you may not know that, but uh, that's one of the perks of getting to know him as a teammate. He has two really big moments in a Yankee uniform that they seem to kind of get washed away because of the other events that happen in those games. The first one, the game in Oakland with – you flipping the ball to, to Jorge to get Jeremy Giambi. He threw seven shutout innings in that game, a, a one nothing elimination game, potential elimination. He gets kind of lost in that whole uh, discussion because of what happened in that game with you and what happened after. What do you remember about him in that moment as you guys are staring, you're three-time world champions, you're staring at being swept out of the playoffs? Well, first of all, he gets lost in that discussion. That's your fault. <laughs> not me. Not I, I brought yeah. it up, didn't you I? You're asking me about it. That's <laughs> your fault. No, it's yeah, I mean, look, you're in a, an elimination game on the road uh, facing a team that everyone thought our season at that point, not mm-hmm. going into that series, but at that point our season was over with, and Moose just mowed him down. I mean, seven innings, no runs. I mean, like you said, yeah, I think um, a lot of attention was paid – was was paid to uh, that play at home, but I mean we don't even have an opportunity to make that play if it wasn't for what Moose did. The other game is Game Seven in 2003, which everyone remembers as Aaron Boone's home run. But he comes in in the middle of that, first throws time, right? first, first time, time in relief, in. yeah, three scoreless innings, which you helped with a big double play on Johnny Damon, which I still think is probably the hardest I've ever seen you throw a ball second to first. I've always thought that was one of the best throws I ever saw you make. But he gets lost in that, too, because you don't have the chance to come back if he doesn't shut down what was a lot of momentum right there. What do you remember about him in that game? See, those are the things I, I, I'm glad you brought it up, because those are the things that you need to happen if you're going to be a successful team. Right? You have to have people that can go in and do their job, and people that you can count on. Like you said, Moose had never pitched in out of relief in his career. Mm-hmm. But then, uh, you know, Mr. T has the confidence to bring him in because you knew what to expect from him. And, and he did exactly what uh, we had hoped he would do, but was not easy to do. Um, so, yeah, Moose deserves, obviously, to be in the Hall of Fame. I mean, he's one of the best pitchers that I've faced and, and obviously one of the best, best pitchers I've played behind. A couple other guys that you have some history with going into the Hall of Fame. Roy Halladay is one. And I always remember how you used to shake your head when it was time to face him or after you faced him. He was no fun at all, it seemed, for you. I tried to fake it before I faced him. Um, but after it, he, Roy Halladay was by far the toughest pitcher for me to face. 
um, I just couldn't figure him out. I mean, I just really couldn't. I mean, he was a guy that, um, if you ask me any pitcher that I've ever faced in my life, who I, if I had to get a hit in key position, the one person I wouldn't want to face would be Roy Halladay. And, um, you know, I've said it, I was vocal about that throughout my <laughs> career. I mean, I never hid it from anyone. Yeah. Um, so Roy, I, you know, obviously the, the tragedy that happened recently, but, um, you know, he is, he is the toughest pitcher that, that I've, I've faced. Was he the weakness in your armor? When you think about the confidence that you brought to the plate every day, did that confidence just come back down a little bit when he was on the mound? I mean, he would just <laughs> take my helmet off and, and uh, you know, if you talk about armor, he'd just take it all off, starting with the helmet. I mean, I, I just, I, I tried to convince myself that I was going to have success, and I'm sure I probably got a hit here or there off yeah. him, but I just couldn't. I, I'm the first one to say I just couldn't figure the guy out. I have nothing for you. I can't add <laughs> anything else to this. I remember. You know what I remember you always saying is that he never throws the ball straight, and that's what made it hard for you to figure out which way it was going. I tried to guess every time I guessed it went the other direction. I, I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. Edgar Martinez did a lot of damage against a lot of people, but he seemed to do a lot against the Yankees too. He used to kill Mo. Is what he did. Yes, yes, he would kill Mo. I would get on Mo. There you go, chink in Mo's armor, Edgar <laughs> Martinez. Mo could not get Edgar Martinez out, and it, it, it became funny at, at a particular point. I don't know if Mo would laugh at it, but I mean, Edgar Martinez just he just owned Mo. And I guess there's every athlete. I think when you compete, um, there's always that one person that just seems to always get you. And Edgar was that guy for Mo. So I know you guy for our entire team. I mean, Edgar Martinez killed us. I know you like to get on guys, even in the moment. Is, is do you remember like Edgar Martinez coming to the plate? Do you remember saying stuff to Mo? Oh yeah, no question. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I'd go to the mound and say, you know, yeah, walk this guy. You got to do something. I mean, you just can't get him out. So uh, it'd be interesting if you ask Mo about Edgar Martinez. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's. Uh, I think he made light of the fact that he's one of the reasons that Edgar was inducted into the <laughs> Hall of Fame. He did so well against them. There was. You know, he just seemed like such a uh, – when you say – you talk about pure hitters from the right-hand side, it doesn't seem that there are a lot of examples of them, but he seems to be one of them. He's probably one of the best pure hitters that I've seen. I mean, Edgar Martinez hit the ball all over the field. There's there's no way to defend him. I mean, you talk about, you know, all these shifts nowadays. Mm -hmm. uh, Edgar Martinez, you can get him out of bed today and put him on the field, and if someone wanted to play a shift against him, he'd probably hit 350. Because Edgar was a guy you, – you, there was no one way to pitch to him. There was no one way to defend him. Um, he just seemed to always have quality at bats. So you've got Mariano and Messina, Wade Boggs, Tim Raines are already in the Hall of Fame. You've got teammates, guys that you played a long time with that are, that are now immortalized in the Hall of Fame. I mean, how does that make you feel? You played a game for a long time with a lot of teammates that you liked, respected, and there are guys now that are in the Hall of Fame. How does that make you feel? Yeah, fortunate. I mean, you know, the guys you mentioned, when you're playing with them, you know, you say this, these guys are as good as they come. And, um, you know, I was fortunate to play in New York for a long time, have a lot of great teammates. And, uh, you know, those guys you mentioned, they all deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. And it was a pleasure to play with them and, and to play against some of them. At the risk of jinxing you, which I know you've, you've uh, accused me of many times before, how do you like your chances next year? I, you know what? I, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Sweeney. I, I really haven't. I try not to think a lot about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have my hands full down here in Miami right now. Uh, I try not to think a lot about it. I mean, 
look, I'm happy for Mo. Um, you know, he deserves this moment. Him and Moose, they deserve their moment in, in Cooperstown. I'll be watching and I'll be cheering. And, and uh, But in terms of um, what may happen in the near future, uh, it's something that's out of my control. I mean, I, I've played my last game, so you know, there's not anything else I can do. But uh, I think every player you ask, you know, when you're a kid, you, you have dreams of, you know, you want to play in a World Series and you want to win a championship. You want to play in an All-Star game. And I think ultimately everyone would love to go to the Hall of Fame, but uh, I, I really try not to think about it much. Another teammate that might join you one day is CeCe Sabathia. And he announced earlier this year that this is going to be his last season. One of the things that CC talked about was wanting to be remembered as a good teammate. He said that's all he ever wanted. How did you view him in that regard? What do you remember about him as a teammate, and is there something that stands out to you? CC was a terrible teammate. <laughs> they don't take that run with it. No, I'm just playing. CC by far is one of my favorite teammates I've had. Um, our lockers were close. You know, he was right next to me. Um, and you get an opportunity to get to know CC. I mean, he was someone that's there for all of his teammates. Um, anytime you were struggling or scuffling, CC was there to talk to. Um, he was a guy that accepted the challenge. He accepted the responsibility of being a number one starter in New York. Um, the expectation level that people had on him, his expectation level was even higher. Uh, he never made excuses. And trust me, I, I was right there next to him when he was doing interviews. He never made excuses, and I think people appreciate that. Teammates appreciate that, and uh, I know I did. Is there a moment that stands out for you? I, you won a World Series with him. You won a couple other playoff series with him. Is there something that sticks out to you as, as you know, kind of your personal highlight reel with CeCe? Oh, I don't know if there's one thing that stands out. I mean, um, you know, I faced CeCe. You know, he was um, tough to face. Like you said, I think winning a championship is the thing that you remember the most because you obviously you're playing six months plus another six weeks in spring training and then the postseason starts and you all have one goal and that was CC's first year and um, you know he, he was one of the guys that carried us to that championship. A year from now it will be Jeter's turn in the Hall of Fame spotlight for now he watches and admires as we get closer to induction weekend you'll hear my conversations with both Rivera and Messina, so check back then. You can catch past episodes of 30 with Murdy on radio.com and on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Go ahead and subscribe and leave a review. Until next time, thanks for listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.